This is The Corporate Shadow. I'm Dr. Ryan Giffen, a professor and human resources coach helping people just like you overcome workplace nonsense and bad bosses. This is the final episode of a three-part series on improving your interviewing skills and what you need to land your next dream job. Do you have what it takes to impress the interviewer? Are you confident that you'll get a call back for a final interview? Keep listening as I offer a behind the scenes perspective of what you need to know to get the job you so very well deserve. Hey, so before we dive into the show, I just wanted to let you know of a free resource that you should take advantage of. Why? Well, other than being free, it's there to help you, the employee. At Inospire, HR coaches are available when you need them, including me. If you need help navigating workplace issues like bad bosses, harassment, discrimination, or employee performance, head on over to Inospire and sign up for free. Once you sign up at Inospire.com, you not only have access to me, but you'll have access to free resources to assist you in your career. Head on over to Inospire.com. Click Start Now for your free membership. In episode 34 and 35, I provided 11 techniques to improving your interviewing skills to land your next dream job. I even provided my top five standard questions that may be asked of you during the interview and how to intently and deeply listen to the interviewer to leverage the best response possible. So if you haven't listened to episode 34 or 35, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. Because in this episode, I provide my final seven tips from the perspective of a hiring manager, including what questions you, yes you, should be asking of the interviewer and how to engage the interviewer about your professional goals. So first, talk about previous jobs as learning experience. If you have job history, you could really use this to your advantage. One valuable skill for interview success is speaking about previous jobs in a positive light, no matter how bad the situation ended. Your interviewer will pay close attention to how you talk about previous employers and will assume that you will talk about them the same way. A company's reputation is critical to its business. They will not want to hire anyone who can put their reputation in danger. Even if, even if you left your previous company on bad terms, talk about the learning experiences you had with the job, your coworkers, and bosses. Listen, everyone makes mistakes, but it is how people learn from those mistakes that sets them apart from your competition. Instead of bashing previous employers, speak about the valuable lessons you learned and identify which ones will translate to the job you are seeking and how you will not make the same mistakes again. All right, number two, leave any negativity at home. Leave any negativity at home. Prioritize a positive attitude during your interview prep. 
the, the tricky part is finding the balance between being too positive and sounding like a fake and genuinely being a positive person. In most situations, though, being realistic and using uplifting words make you seem more genuine. Anyone in the workforce knows that negative situations can occur with every job, right? That's just life. We get it. But instead of dwelling on those negative experiences, acknowledge them and explain what you learned from them. This uplifting positivity is great for workplace culture and is not something you can put on a resume. So leave any negativity at home. My third tip is don't be overconfident. Do not be overconfident. Confidence develops over time. The problem is too many people make the mistake of being so confident that they come across as cocky or arrogant. It's like in the last episode, I, I talked about the strength and weaknesses question, or maybe it was the episode prior to that, right? It's a tough question, but use the weakness question as a means of assessing your own strengths and that if you overdone, if you overdo a strength, it's likely to be perceived as a weakness. So if your strength is you're ambitious, you might come off as arrogant. So be careful there. This attitude can be a major turnoff for an interviewer. A company wants to hire people who are easy and pleasant to work with, right? Those are the kind of people we want to be around. People who appear overconfident don't always fit that criterion. On the other hand, you don't want to be so reserved that the interviewer questions your knowledge. Finding the right balance is part of the interview skills you need to develop. When in doubt, think about past situations where you've overcome challenges. Acknowledge that every situation is different and use those experiences to give you the confidence to handle similar situations in the future. So, do not be overconfident. Let's get to my fourth one. This is probably one of my favorite tips that I can offer, and that is to prepare questions ahead of time. Prepare questions. Many interviewers ask whether you have any questions for them, and they are actually expecting you to ask them questions. If you don't have any questions, that could be uh, a major red flag uh, for them. So um, the types of questions that you are going to ask them can be very telling on whether or not you truly are going to be a fit for the organization's culture, um, align with their core values, get along with their employees, etc. cetera. So um, I will tell you this. In the initial interview in particular, you should never ask about salary information or benefits. This tells the interviewer that you're only concerned about a paycheck and not the actual job and fulfillment, and fulfillment that you'll receive from that job. So instead, consider asking some varieties of, um, of the following questions I'm going to give you. So I have five of them that I'll provide you. I have a whole list, by the way, at, at my website, inospire.com, where um, if you sign up there, then, uh, we can send this to you, um, as well as under the paid subscription, I have a, a complete list of these questions. So the first question is, is what has been the most positive aspect of working for this company for you? Right? So ask them that what has been the most positive aspect of working for this company? 
Another question I like to ask is define your experience or what the workplace culture is like. What about is the position I'm applying for a new one or am I replacing someone? And then, of course, you have follow up questions on that one. Are there any opportunities for advancement if I'm hired for this position? And what do those advancement opportunities look like? And then another one might be, what is the training process like for new hires? I'm going to give you a sixth one that just hit me. And that is, it is okay as your last question to ask, what are the next steps? Although I would probably preface it as I am still very highly interested in this position. I really enjoyed my time with you today. So what are the next steps that I may expect moving forward? Because that might give you some insight from the interviewer's perspective of what um, direction they're going to head. So these questions are, are good to keep in your back pocket for the end of the interview, but you might not want to ask all of them. Just depends, right? Depends on the length of the answers they provide you. And it's possible that you will only have a chance to ask two or three. But remember to be respectful of the interviewer's time but still get the answers that you need because you are interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you. Because as I said in episode 34, you need to find a job that aligns with your core values and not uh, veer away from those. So remember the important interview skill of listening. Remember we talked about that? When you listen closely throughout the interview, you might get the answers to some of your questions. So don't ask them again at the end, right? If you're having a volley, uh, a volley of questions throughout this process and they've already answered this question 10 minutes ago, don't ask them again. So you have to listen. Your questions show your interest in the job and company while also helping you determine if it is the right fit for you. So prepare questions ahead of time. Number five, show interest without showing desperation. Whether during the interview or afterward, always show interest in the job without showing desperation. Saying that you need a job to support your family might sound like it would be helpful to you, but you have to think about the situation the company is in. It's all about the company, not you. They need to hire someone for a specific job. While you might be willing to work hard, they will not hire you if you lack the appropriate skills or qualifications. Showing desperation could hurt your chances of landing the job and wash away the interview skills and interview prep you've worked so hard for up until this point. So finding a good balance to show interest is key. Thanking the interviewers once the session is done and asking them when you can expect to hear back from them is acceptable. All right, like I said, is one of your final questions. At that point, you can tell them that you're very interested, look forward to talking to them again soon. And if they say that they'll reach out to you within a week, well, wait, wait for at least a week before following up. Reaching out too soon shows desperation but following their timeline shows interest. You might be anxious and want to contact them earlier, but do your best to refrain. It's important to give them the time they need to make a decision and probably finish some of 
the other interviews that they have lined up. So show interest without showing desperation. Let's get to number six, and that is talking about your professional goals. As I previously mentioned, one of the most common questions that an interviewer will ask will sound something like this. Where do you see yourself professionally in five years? All right, so this question is an opportunity for interviewers to assess if you will fit with the company's future development. So here are some ideas on how to talk about your goals, okay? First, define your goal. It's crucial to set goals that relate to the job you are applying for. So for example, you can talk about the results you would like to bring into the company. Another option is to talk about how their job often matches your professional growth goals. Okay, here's the second tip on how to talk about your goals, and that is have a plan for achieving your goals. After defining your goals, the interviewer may follow up by asking you how you plan to achieve them. Now, this is an excellent opportunity to talk about your skills as well as your professional experience. Another tip is to be concise. When talking about your future, avoid oversharing irrelevant details. Remember, you are talking to a stranger, so it is best to keep personal information to yourself. Now, lastly, when it comes to talking about your goals, avoid the money talk. Do not bring up salary expectations when talking about your goals. Focus on talking about the achievements you hope to accomplish for the company. There's a time and place for everything. To talk about money, I recommend you wait for the interviewer to ask you about your salary expectations. All right. My final tip, folks, my final tip in this three-part series is always, always send a post-interview thank you note. No matter what job you're applying for, I don't care if it's an entry-level position all the way up to the CEO position. You have to send a post-interview thank you note. This says a lot. When you write it, make sure the note is genuine. Typing up several copies of a generic note are not going to make a good impression. So here are some options to consider with thank you notes. One option is you can write an email to all the people you spoke with. To do this, you got to get their email addresses before leaving the office and make each email personal to the individual. Don't copy everybody on one email. That's being lazy. Don't do that. We're going to be very specific. If I interviewed with five people, I will be sending a separate email to each individual of those five relating back to something specific to our time together in the interview, whether it was one-on-one -on -one or in a group interview. So that's the first option. The second option, which I personally uh, love what people do, is to write a handwritten thank you note. And so when you get back to your car, deliver them to the receptionist the same day. You can uh, write them out in your car, right? Uh, go down the street, go to your local Starbucks, I don't know, but just go somewhere, write them out, and then drive back to the company, drop them off with 
the receptionist um, or whoever is working in the front and ask that they deliver them. Not only does this save postage, but obviously it expedites it, right? And that's the key is to expedite it so they get it. I used to love, 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 love getting uh, handwritten notes from job candidates because the art of writing has has gone away, unfortunately. Well, it hasn't gone away, but um, it's it, it's so much more personal. It's so much more enjoyable. When I'm having a, a work day that's just busy and crazy and I'm sick of looking at emails, it's nice to have a traditional letter to open. I get very excited. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. So there you have it, right? Write an email or send a handwritten thank you note. Most people do not put a lot of weight into handwritten versus email. But like I said, I do. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I guess if you were to ask like, what do I prefer? Yeah, I prefer the handwritten note. But listen, I just would love to hear back from you, even if it's an email. Assume that the people in the interview are going to compare thank you notes that you wrote. They'll be in the break room and they're going to be comparing those emails or those written letters. So if they're, if they're letters that are impersonal and they all say the same, that's not going to make an impression. It's just going to I don't know, make me think you're lazy. But if you talk about specific points of the interview, like I said earlier, to relate to each person, they're going to think much more highly of you. In conclusion, as a job candidate, understanding what companies are looking for should be part of your interview preparation. No matter how great your interview skills are, if you do not fit the most important aspects of their job and their workplace culture, your chances of getting the job are reduced. When you understand the skills for interview success, you can put yourself ahead of the other candidates, your competition, and show why you will be an asset to the organization and help the business grow. Thanks for tuning in. Like what you heard today? If you want to talk more about this topic or any topic to help you overcome workplace nonsense and bad bosses, schedule a call with me one-on-one. -on -one. You can sign up for free at inospire.com. Once you sign up at Inospire, you not only have access to me, but you'll have access to free resources to assist you in your career. The Corporate Shadow is produced by Inospire. The views expressed in The Corporate Shadow does not reflect the opinions or views of California State University, Long Beach. For The Corporate Shadow, I'm Dr. Ryan Giffen. Until next time, remember you are in charge of your career and no matter what you do at work, you are always casting a corporate shadow.